Act Two of Cymbeline by William Shakespeare. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Cymbeline by William Shakespeare. Act Two, Scene One. Britain before Cymbeline's Palace. Enter Cloten and two lords. Was there ever man had such luck? When I kissed the jack upon an upcast to be hid away, I had a hundred pound on't. And then a horse and jack and apes must take me up for swearing, as if I borrowed mine oaths of him and might not spend them at my pleasure. What got he by that? You have broke his pate with your bowl. Aside. If his wit had been like him that broke it, it would have run all out. When a gentleman is disposed to swear, is it not for any standers by to curtail his oaths, huh? No, my lord. Aside. Nor crop the ears of them. Horse and dog, I give him satisfaction. Would he had been one of my rank. Aside. To have smelt like a fool. I am not vexed more at anything in the earth. A pox aunt, I'd rather not be so noble as I am. They dare not fight with me because of the queen my mother. Every jack-slave hath his belly full of fighting, and I must go up and down like a cock that nobody can match. Aside. You are cock and capon too, and you crow, cock, with your comb on. Sayst thou? It is not fit that your lordship should undertake every companion that you give offence to. No, I know that. But it is fit I should commit offence to my inferiors. Aye, it is fit for your lordship only. Why, so I say. Did you hear of a stranger that's come to court tonight? A stranger, and I not know on't? Aside. He's a strange fellow himself, and knows it not. There's an Italian come, and, tis thought, one of Leonatus's friends. Leonatus, a banished rascal. And he's another, whosoever he be. Who told you of this, stranger? One of your lordship's pages. Is it fit I went to look upon him? Is there no derogation in't? You cannot derogate, my lord. Not easily, I think. Aside. You are a fool granted. Therefore your issues, being foolish, do not derogate. Come, I'll go see this Italian. What I have lost today at bowls, I'll win tonight of him. Come, go. I'll attend your lordship. Exeunt, Cloten, and First Lord. That such a crafty devil as is his mother should yield the world this ass, a woman that bears all down with her brain, and this her son cannot take two from twenty for his heart and leave eighteen. Alas, poor princess, thou divine Imogen, what thou endurest betwixt a father by thy stepdame governed, a mother hourly coining plots, a wooer more hateful than the foul expulsion is of thy dear husband, than that horrid act of the divorce he'll make. The heavens hold firm the walls of thy dear honour. Keep unshaked that temple, thy fair mind, that thou mayst stand, to enjoy thy banished lord and this great land. Exit. Scene 2. Imogen's Bedchamber in Cymbeline's Palace. A trunk in one corner of it. Imogen in bed, reading. A lady attending. Who's there? My woman Helen. Please you, madame. 
What hour is it? Almost midnight, madame. Oh, I have read three hours, then. Mine eyes are weak. Fold down the leaf where I have left. Mm, to bed. Take not away the taper. Leave it burning. And if thou canst awake by four o' the clock, I prithee call me. Oh, sleep hath seized me wholly. Exit, lady. To your protection I commend me, gods. From fairies and the tempters of the night, guard me, beseech ye. Sleeps. Yakimo comes from the trunk. The crickets sing, and man's o'er laboured sense repairs itself by rest. Our Tarquin thus did softly press the rushes ere he wakened the chastity he wounded. Cytheria, how bravely thou becomest thy bed, fresh lily, and whiter than the sheets. That I might touch, but kiss, one kiss, rubies unparagoned, how dearly they do't. Tis her breathing that perfumes the chamber thus. The flame of the taper bows towards her, and would underpeep her lids to see the enclosed lights, now canopied under these windows, white and azure laced with blue of heaven's own tinct. But my design to note the chamber, I will write all down. Such and such pictures there the window, such the adornment of her bed, the arras, figures, why, such and such, and the contents of the story. Ah, but some natural notes about her body. Above ten thousand meaner movables would testify to enrich mine inventory. O oh, sleep, thou ape of death, lie dull upon her, and be her sense but as a monument, thus in a chapel lying. Come off, come off. Taking off her bracelet. As slippery as the Gordian knot was hard. Tis mine, and this will witness outwardly as strongly as the conscience does within to the madding of her lord. On her left breast a mole sank spotted, like the crimson drops at the bottom of a cowslip. Here's a voucher stronger than ever law could make. This secret will force him think I have picked the lock and taken the treasure of her honour. No more. To what end? Why should I write this down? That's riveted. Screw to my memory. She hath been reading late the tales of Terius. Here the leaves turned down, where Philomel gave up. I have enough. To the trunk again, and shut the spring of it. Swift, swift, you dragons of the night, that dawning may bear the raven's eye. I lodge in fear, though this is a heavenly angel. Hell is here. Clock strikes. One, two, three. Time, time. Goes into the trunk. The scene closes. Scene three. An antechamber adjoining Imogen's apartments. Enter Cloten and Lords. Your lordship is the most patient man in loss. 
and the coldest that ever turned up an ace. It would make any man cold to lose. But not every man patient after the noble temper of your lordship. You are most hot and furious when you win. Winning will put any man into courage. If I could get this foolish image and I should have gold enough. It's almost morning, is not? Day, my lord. I would this music would come. I am advised to give her music a mornings. They say it will penetrate. Enter musicians. Come on, tune. If we can penetrate her with your fingering, so. We'll try with tongue, too. If none will do, let her remain. But I'll never give o'er. First, a very excellent, good, conceited thing. After, a wonderful, sweet air with admirable, rich words to it. And then let her consider. Song. Hark, hark, the lark at heaven's gate sings, and Phoebus kins arise. His steeds to water at those springs on chaliced flowers that lies. And winking merry buds begin to ope their golden eyes. With everything that pretty is, my lady sweet, arise, arise, arise. So get you gone. If this penetrate, I will consider your music the better. If it do not, it is a vice in her ears, which horse-hairs and calves' guts, nor the voice of unpaved eunuch to boot can never amend. Exeunt musicians. Here comes the king. I am glad I was up so late, for that's the reason I was up so early. He cannot choose but take this service I have done fatherly. Enter Cymbeline and Queen. Good morrow to your majesty and to my gracious mother. Attend you here the door of our stern daughter. Will she not forth? I have assailed her with music, but she vouchsafes no notice. The exile of her minion is too new. She hath not yet forgot him. Some more time must wear the print of his remembrance out, and then she's yours. You are most bound to the king, who lets go by no vantages that may prefer you to his daughter. Frame yourself to orderly soliciting, and be friended with aptness of the season. Make denials increase your services. So seem as if you were inspired to do those duties which you tender to her that you in all obey her, save when command to your dismission tends, and therein you are senseless. Senseless? Not so. Enter a messenger. So like you, sir, ambassadors from Rome, the one is Caius Lucius. A worthy fellow, albeit he comes on angry purpose now, but that's no fault of his. We must receive him according to the honour of his sender, and towards himself his goodness forspent on us, we must extend our notice. Our dear son, when you have given good morning to your mistress, attend the queen and us. We shall have need to employ you towards this Roman. Come, our queen. Exeunt all but Quotin. If she be up, I'll speak with her. If not, let her lie still and dream. Knox. By your leave, ho! I know her women are about her. What if I do line one of their hands? Ah, tis gold which buys admittance, oft it doth. Yea, and makes Diana's rangers false themselves, yield up their deer to the stand of the stealer, 
and tis gold which makes the true man killed and saves the thief nay sometimes hangs both thief and true man what can it not do and undo i will make one of her women lawyer to me for i yet not understand the case myself knocks by your leave enter a lady who's there that knocks a gentleman no more yes and a gentlewoman's son that's more than some whose tailors are as dear as yours can justly boast of what's your lordship's pleasure your lady's person is she ready ay to keep her chamber there is gold for you tell me your good report how my good name or to report of you what i shall think is good the princess enter emojin good morrow fairest sister your sweet hand exit lady good morrow sir you lay out too much pains for purchasing but trouble the thanks i give is telling you that i am poor of thanks and scarce can spare them still i swear i love you if you but said so twere as deep with me if you swear still your recompense is still that i regard it not this is no answer but that you shall not say i yield being silent i would not speak i pray you spare me faith i shall unfold equal discourtesy to your best kindness one of your great knowing should learn being taught forbearance to leave you in your madness were my sin i will not fools are not mad folks do you call me fool as i am mad i do if you'll be patient i'll no more be mad that cures us both i am much sorry sir you put me to forget a lady's manners by being so verbal and learn now for all that i which know my heart do here pronounce by the very truth of it i care not for you and am so near the lack of charity to accuse myself i hate you which i had rather you felt than maked my boast you sin against obedience which you owe your father for the contract you pretend with that base wretch one bred of alms and fostered with cold dishes with scraps of the court is no contract none and though it be allowed in meaner parties yet who than he more mean to knit their souls on whom there is no more dependency but brats and beggary and self-figured naught yet you are curbed from that enlargement by the consequence of the crown and must not soil the precious note of it with a base slave a hiding for a livery a squire's cloth a pantler not so eminent profane fellow wert thou the son of jupiter and no more but what thou art besides thou wert too base to be his groom thou wert dignified enough even to the point of envy if twere made comparative for your virtues to be styled the under hangman of his kingdom and hated for being preferred so well the south fog wrought him he never can meet more mischance than come to be but named of thee his meanest garment that ever hath but clipped his body is dearer in my respect than all the hairs above thee were they all made such men how now pisanio enter pisanio his garment now the devil to dorothy my woman hie thee presently his garment i am sprited with a fool frighted and angered worse go bid my woman search for a jewel that too casually hath left mine arm it was thy master's 
shrew me if I would lose it for a revenue of any kings in Europe. I do think I saw it this morning. Confident I am last night t'was on mine arm, I kissed it. I hope it be not gone to tell my lord that I kiss aught but he. Twill not be lost. I hope so. Go and search. Exit Pisanio. You have abused me! His meanest garment! Ay, I said so, sir. If you will make it an action, call witness to it. I will inform your father. Your mother, too. She's my good lady, and will conceive, I hope, but the worst of me. So I leave you, sir, to the worst of discontent. Exit. I'll be revenged. His meanest garment. Well. Exit. Scene four. Rome. Philario's house. Enter Posthumus and Philario. Fear it not, sir. I would I were so sure to win the king, as I am bold her honour will remain hers. What means do you make to him? Not any, but abide the change of time, quake in the present winter's state, and wish that warmer days would come. In these seared hopes I barely gratify your love. They failing, I must die much your debtor. Your very goodness and your company obeys all I can do. By this, your king has heard of great Augustus, Caius Lucius, will do's commissions truly, and I think he will grant the tribute, send the arrearages, or look upon our Romans, whose remembrance is yet fresh in their grief. I do believe, statest though I am none, nor like to be, that this will prove a war, and you shall hear the legions now in Gallia sooner landed in our not-fearing Britain than have tidings of any penny tribute paid. Our countrymen are men more ordered than when Julius Caesar smiled at their lack of skill but found their courage worthy his frowning at. Their discipline, now mingled with their courages, will make known to their approvers they are people such that mend upon the world. Enter Yakimo. See, si, Yakimo. The swiftest hearts have posted you by land, and winds of all the comers kissed your sails to make your vessel nimble. Welcome, sir. I hope the briefness of your answer made the speediness of your return. Your lady is one of the fairest that I have looked upon. And therewithal the best. Or let her beauty look through a casement to allure false hearts and be false with them. Here are letters for you. Their tenor good, I trust. Tis very like. Was Caius Lucius in the Britain court when you were there? He was expected then, but not approached. All is well yet. Sparkles this stone as it was wont, or is not too dull for your good wearing? If I had lost it, I should have lost the worth of it in gold. I'll make a journey twice as far to enjoy a second night of such sweet shortness which was mine in Britain, for the ring is one. The stone's too hard to come by. Not a whit, your lady being so easy. Make not, sir, your loss your sport. I hope you know that we must not continue friends. Good sir, we must, if you keep covenant. Had I not brought the knowledge of your mistress home, I grant we were to question further, but I now profess myself the winner of her honour together with your ring, and not the wronger of her or you, having proceeded but by both your wills. 
If you can make to parent that you have tasted her in bed, my hand and ring is yours. If not, the foul opinion you had of her pure honour gains or loses your sword or mine, or masterless leaves both to who shall find them. Sir, my circumstances, being so near the truth as I will make them, must first induce you to believe, whose strength I will confirm with oath, which I doubt not you'll give me leave to spare when you shall find you need it not. Proceed. First, her bedchamber, where I confess I slept not, but profess had that was well worth watching. It was hanged with tapestry of silk and silver, the story proud Cleopatra where she met her Roman, and sideness swelled above the banks, or for the press of boats or pride. A piece of work so bravely done, so rich, that it did strive in workmanship and value, which I wondered could be so rarely and exactly wrought, since the true life on't was. This is true, and this you might have heard of here, by me or by some other. More particulars must justify my knowledge. So they must, or do your honour injury. The chimney is south chamber and the chimney piece chased dean bathing never saw i figures so likely to report themselves the cutter was another nature dumb out went her motion and breath left out this is a thing which you might from relation likewise reap being as it is much spoke of the roof of the chamber with golden cherubins is fretted her Anderons, I had forgot them, were two winking cupids of silver each on one foot standing nicely depending on their brands. This is her honour. Let it be granted you have seen all this, and praise be given to your remembrance. The description of what is in her chamber, nothing saves the wager you have laid. Then, if you can, showing the bracelet, be pale. I beg but leave to air this jewel, see, and now tis up again. Oh, it must be married to that your diamond. I'll keep them. Jove, once more, let me behold it. Is it that which I left with her? Sir, I thank her that she stripped it from her arm. I see her yet. Her pretty action did outsell her gift, and yet enriched it too. She gave it me, and said she prized it once. Maybe she plucked it off to send it me. She writes so to you, doth she? Oh, no, 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 tis true. Here, take this too. Gives the ring. It is a basilisk unto mine eye, kills me to look on't. Let there be no honour where there is beauty, truth where semblance, love where there's another man. The vows of women of no more bondage be to where they are made than they are to their virtues, which is nothing. Oh, above measure, false. Have patience, sir, and take your ring again, tis not yet warm. It may be probable she lost it 
or who knows if one of her women, being corrupted, has stolen it from her. Very true. And so I hope he came by it. Back my ring. Render to me some corporal sign about her, more evident than this, for this was stolen. By Jupiter, I had it from her arm. Hark you, he swears. By Jupiter, he swears. Tis true. Nay, keep the ring. Tis true. I am sure she would not lose it. Her attendants are all sworn and honorable. They induced to steal it, and by a stranger? No, he hath enjoyed her. The cognizance of her incontinency is this. She hath bought the name of whore thus dearly. There, take thy hire, and all the fiends of hell divide themselves between you. Sir, be patient. There's not a strong enough to be believed of one persuaded well off. Never talk on. She hath been colted by him. If you seek for further satisfying, under her breast, worthy the pressing, lies a mole, right proud of that most delicate lodging. By my life I kissed it, and it gave me present hunger to feed again, though full. You do remember this stain upon her? Ay, and it doth confirm another stain as big as hell can hold, were there no more but it. Will you hear more? Spare your arithmetic. Never count the turns. Once in a million. I'll be sworn. No swearing. If you will swear you have not done to you lie. And I will kill thee if thou dost deny thou'st made me cuckold. I'll deny nothing. Oh, that I had her here to tear her limb meal. I will go there and do't in the court before her father. I'll do something. Exit. Quite besides a government of patience, you have won. Let us follow him, and Burford's a present trias he has against himself. Within my heart. Exeunt. Scene five. Another room in Falario's house. Enter Posthumus Leonatus. Is there no way for men to be but women must be half-workers? We are all bastards. And that most venerable man which I did call my father was I know not where when I was stamped. Some coiner with his tools made me a counterfeit. Yet my mother seemed the Diane of that time, so doth my wife the nonpareil of this. Oh, vengeance, vengeance! Me of my lawful pleasure she restrained, and prayed me oft forbearance, did it with a pudency so rosy the sweet view on't might well have warmed old Saturn, that I thought her as chaste as unsunned snow. Oh, all oh, the devils! This yellow Iacomo, in an hour, wast not, or less at first. Perchance he spoke not, but like a full acorned boar, a German one, cried, Oh, and mounted found no opposition but what he looked for should oppose, and she should from encounter guard. Could I find out the woman's part in me? For there's no motion that tends to vice in man, but I affirm it is the woman's part. 
be it lying. Note it, the woman's, flattering hers, deceiving hers, lust and rank thoughts, hers, hers, revenges, hers, ambitions, covetings, change of prides, disdain, nice longings, slanders, mutability, all faults that may be named, nay, that hell knows, why, hers, in part or all, but rather all, for even to vice they are not constant, but are changing still, one vice but of a minute old, for one not half so old as that. I'll write against them, detest them, curse them, yet tis greater skill, in a true hate, to pray they have their will. The very devils cannot plague them better. Exit. End of Act Two.